When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You are you now, are now listening, listening to The War Report. Wednesday, Wednesday night, night war, war room. room. With your host, C-Dope. It's your boy C. The Walker. I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ice Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war. Let's go! War Eagle. War Eagle Auburn family. War Eagle everyone watching. Welcome to the war room. Happy hump day. Middle of the week. One of our favorite shows, our favorite times to hang out with our family. As you're entering the war room, you already know what to do. Someone has already done it, and I appreciate you for that. Smash that like button. Please be sure to drop a war eagle in the comments. I see y'all doing that as well. Appreciate that. If you're new to one of our live shows, please be sure to drop your city. Let us know where you're streaming this, watching this from. We want to hear from you as well. Man, how y'all doing, man? Y'all good? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Doing good, man. Coming from okay. a different angle, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get my, my production right. So, uh, be, yeah. Be, be, be over there loving his angles. Yeah, man. Got a little extra, extra Mr. Clean going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that, sh- that shine, yeah, that shine is it. looking. That's more LED, you know what I'm saying? I got more LEDs in here, man. <laughs> shine. Shout out to y'all in the, in the chat and the comments, man. We see all of you guys dropping to get your weight up, man. We... We just love hanging out with you guys, man. And uh, Corey Weber, you know what? I got to say this to Corey because he dropped a really good question on Sunday's show, right? And then we were like, Corey, you have got to tweet that at us so we can use it for facts and all. But we record facts and all on Sunday afternoon, and we use that question, Corey. So listen, <laughs> because you didn't tweet it at us at the time, we didn't use it in the show as the fan question, but we want to give you your credit for that question here on the lives Thank you for the question. It was a great question, and we appreciate you eventually making that Twitter account and following the War Report. So y'all go follow see us, Corey Weber. He's following us, and we're following him. So you'll see him on there, and he gave us a great question for this Friday's Facts or Not. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Great question, Corey. Appreciate that, and keep them questions coming, man. Listen, we've done how many Facts or Not now? So many. One every Friday since since January. So, so... Six, one, six, six times four, 24. We've done 24 of them. <laughs> Listen, coming up with new questions is a brainstorm, all right, in, in the off season. So uh, we start asking about favorite restaurants it's because y'all ain't giving us questions. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no. That's right. <laughs> so, no, we, 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 we appreciate that, y'all. <laughs> Facts and all, Brian Harson wears fruit of a loom. <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, man, I don't want to ask that. We'll just, we just, we'll just discontinue Facts and all before we start asking about his, about his tidy whities <laughs> So, man, let's, let's, let's talk. Let's, we got. Uh, a little bit of football news. Listen, I know, I know we're we're heavy into recruiting and camps and everything that's going on, but we did get a little bit of news, uh, courtesy of uh, the good folks at Two Four Seven Sports. Yes, yes, they dropped an article recently where they they predicted and, and gave their thoughts on how each team in the conference is going to finish in the twenty twenty one season. Uh, yeah. Guys, I think we can eat off of this article the entire show because there's so much to glean from it but in case you guys have not seen it here it is 
you know, of course they have Bama going 13 and 0. They have Auburn going 6 and 6. All right, going 3 and 5 in the conference. Uh some of the surprises on here is they got Georgia being undefeated all the way to the conference championship where they are expected to lose to Alabama, who is going undefeated. So Alabama will definitely, according to 247 Sports, be in the uh, the playoffs this year. Georgia more than likely could end up in the playoffs, too, according to them. This is these are their opinions. It's interesting to note that they have Kentucky going nine and three. Oh um, there's, there's a few there's a few people who are kind of high on Kentucky. I, I haven't been following them. Um, is, Joe, is, there, I, is Joey Gaywood going to start for them? I haven't been following I, the, the whispers, I don't so know. I, don't, I don't know how that QB yeah. battle is. I know, is going I know our I, chat will help us out on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some of, some of the points to be made here is that Auburn's losses will come against Bama, according to this article, Georgia, obviously, since they're going undefeated in the regular season. LSU, who they have expected to finish the season 9-3. and three. We're expected mm. to lose against them. We're expected to lose against Penn State on the road, our first major road game. That's fair. Losing to A&M on the road. That's fair as well. Okay. Let me know mm-hmm. if this is fair. Mm-hmm. They have us losing to South Carolina. What in the actual hell? <laughs> Come on, man. That's that's the recency bias. I don't. I'm not buying it. Well, we know where that's coming from. We'll yeah. we'll set that up in a minute. Yeah. That that's going to put Auburn about seventh. And I'm I'm keeping this up so you guys can see it. I know y'all going crazy in the, in the comment section, but this is going to put Auburn about middle of the pack SEC, seventh or eighth, somewhere in there, according to two four seven sports. Okay. Not according to the war report or anyone else. These are just predictions, things for us to talk about, a little fodder in the offseason, all right? I want to know from you guys. Let, let's set this up. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. It was Mike G who said that these predictions are pretty much going based off of what you said, what you just said, recency bias. What has yeah. Auburn done lately, right? right? So they have us going... We're going to be one and four on the road, according to them. Our only road win will be at Arkansas, right? So a lot of these expectations, and and what I'm getting from this is that when their expectations is that any team, and this is kind of an assumption, it can be a safe assumption, is that any team that fires its head coach takes a step back the initial year, right? Right? Um, not really taking a step back because we'll win the same amount of have the same amount of wins that we had last year. So it was almost like breaking even. But I just want to know, Mike. Mike gave his thoughts. You're bust, you're busting at the seams. Initial thoughts about this, Mike G. Okay, so the the South Carolina thing puzzles me quite a bit. Now we beat ourselves against South Carolina last year, and to think that we're going to be worse against what was one of the worst teams in the SEC. And they still have them as one of the worst SEC teams in 2021. Right. If you look at that graphic overall, but two and six in the SEC. So they think South Carolina is only going to get two wins and one of them is going to be against Auburn. Wow. Now, um, yeah, I... I'm almost ready to pass the Brian at this point. Um, (laughs) Looking at this thing, I got to put it back up here while we talk about it. So looking at what they've, you know, diligently charted out here for us, two and six in the SEC from the Gamecocks, while predicting that Kentucky is going to go five and three in conference and nine and three overall. It's a little baffling to me. I don't think this reflects the level of talent that we still have on our team and that we were able to go get in the portal. I, I don't I don't think that this this I don't this, think it takes into account that. Right. It do, definitely does not. So is this uh, I think the guy who wrote this is Brad Crawford over two or seven. Like, yes. Does this reflect that this season could go either way for Auburn. I would love to ask him, what are the strength of your convictions in, in these road losses? 
Because you got us beating Ole Miss but losing to South Carolina, I would think that would be the other way around, but whatever. If uh, we really are at 6-16. Six right. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm just wondering, what do you see that we're not going to be able to do against South Carolina that we are? Now, if this, if he is factoring in that the quarterback we had last year is going to be the quarterback we're going to have this year, I somewhat understand because he has not been good on the road. And before anybody jumps in the chat and says, oh, you bashing Bo, right? It's just a fact. He's just not having, he's not won a lot of road games in two years. So right. if you're, if you think that's going to continue, I can't really dispute that. But some of these losses are going to be bad, man. And I still think that this team has a chance to win eight games. I think that's our ceiling. But I thought maybe seven and five would be palatable. Six and six means that we completely crap the bed against somebody when I'm looking at that schedule. And I, fellas, I just don't have that much stuff to break. So. <laughs> Not this year. So I, 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 I'm a little puzzled. And he wrote in here, the skinny that he wrote was that it is going to be hard to get a read on the Tigers this year. Quarterback right. Bo Nix needs to have his best season for Auburn to be a factor in the SEC. Don't disagree with that. Water uh, but, is wet. But what right, else you got? Right. But that does not take into account that we may have options. I, I don't blame anybody for not betting on it, though. Right. I just think that based on the level of talent that we have, we can scheme and we can scheme around some of these deficiencies and we should be able to pull out at least seven games. Six and six means there's one loss here that we're all talking about going into 2022. Like we South did Carolina. South Carolina last year, right? South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be South Carolina again on a six and six schedule. So, Wow. And, and then he ends by saying that the Arkansas outcome might determine Auburn's postseason fate, meaning he's not even got any strong conviction that we can win that game either. That's a little bit too. Listen, we don't sunshine pump, but that's a little too bleak for me. But right. what are you seeing from Kentucky that says nine and three defense? They, they I I, load up on defense. Now, I do. Okay. I, Ours is just as good or better. They they draft, they get defensive players drafted. We had actually Kentucky had more draftees this year than we did, and I think they were well. They had at least one offensive lineman, but it was a lot of defensive players. One of the defensive recruits that we kind of had in the bag for, with Travis when Travis yeah, left. Yeah, I remember that that linebacker. Yeah, he went the to Kentucky kid. Yeah, um, they've gotten at least two really good transfers here uh, since the portal season has started. So I, I get it. Defense, Kentucky, but that that's what they see in Kentucky. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to step on your toes. Go, you can go ahead. Yeah, I, I think our defense has a chance to be just as good, if not better. I think we have a chance to have one of the well, best defenses in the SEC. I think in fairness, I think in fairness, though, when I look, when I'm actually surveying their schedule, they got Kentucky beating South Carolina on the road. Um, they got, they got LSU at home and they're on the road against Georgia. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I just, they're on the I, road against Mississippi state. They got Missouri, like the, like they're scheduled. I mean, ours is tougher, but what's your thing? Like, always. here's my question. And this question is for Brian. How much of this is we have a new system and they're going to be growing pains in year one, right? How much of this prediction is that they, it's not that they don't think we will be good long-term, but in year one, it's going to be a rough change from what we were running under Gus for eight years to what Harson is trying to do. And it might not translate fully in year one. I, I, that has to be what it is because there's no way you look at Tank Bigsby and say six wins. Because let's be clear, six wins is cupcake week one, cupcake week two, cupcake week four. That's three wins. That's half of our wins. So somebody thinks that half of our wins are going to be cupcakes. <laughs> right. We will win three games mm -hmm. against 
according to this, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. And that's our season. The rest, right. we're just going to, and to Jordan Hare and two other stadiums to get beat up. That, that's almost impossible because I know that we are more talented, even with who stayed, than Arkansas right. is. We are more talented, right. of course, than Mississippi State. We're more talented definitely on defense than Ole Miss, and still on offense. Ole Miss might have a better offensive mind. I, I think we can give Lane that credit, but they still don't have the trigger, man. He's just one year. He's just going to be there for an additional year. I, I, don't, I don't think that was his name. Matt Corral? Was it Corral? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, we we weren't even great last year, and we pretty much wrangled Corral very well. Um, Kevin Steele Corral was, was very Corral good. was up and down. He had some it good games, and, and then he 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 had some bad games too. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm I am not. I don't think this is objective. If we were saying that five losses for us makes sense, if you think LSU is going to be better than us, A and M is going to be better than us, Penn State is going to be too tough of a road game. Alabama and Georgia. If you wanted to say that, then I could say, I see how you got there. Losing to South Carolina? They are they were terrible last year and they got worse. Right. They got worse because guys left. Guys who were good got drafted and other guys who were decent left. And they hired a new coach too. So take And they hired a new coach. So the so the so the guys who were developing on defense are no longer there. Right. Right, yeah. So So I'm like, huh? I don't I don't know how you get here. He got a couple of things wrong because there's yeah. a couple of things that don't make any sense to me. One is Kentucky nine and three. I, I I know Kentucky had like this magical season where they were in it until I think they lost to Georgia late in the season. Was that like three years ago? Yeah, it was, it was a few years, years ago. Yeah. When they, yeah, when they started off hot. Yeah, yeah, they started off hot. Now, the defense. We know Kentucky's defense is going to be good. Mike Stoops is a defensive guy. And he's going to put together a good defense. He's been developing well. They're going to be good over there. Their offense is always terrible. They, they got have, a new OC. Okay, they got a new OC yet to be determined because we don't know who their quarterback is. I know if Gatewood is their quarterback, then I don't think their offense is going to be any better than what we've seen from them the last few years. I don't, I don't really know how you get there. They got to play LSU. LSU, Georgia, Florida. They're going to—I I don't— I don't know. That's what their three thinking. losses. That's the three losses. They That's give. what they're saying. They, the three losses are. I think. I think so. I haven't read theirs ex- exactly, but if I had to guess based on how they predicted the other schools, that's who they're losing to. Other than that, that their schedule is pancake soft. Okay, so I think Kentucky loses four. I think Missouri actually does better than six. I think Missouri wins. They get seven. seven. I, I can see Missouri getting eight. They had the momentum coming off last season. Remember, they beat LSU. Um, and even though we know that that was a compromised LSU defense, Missouri gave people a good fight. They gave people a good fight, uh, more mm-hmm. than I expected. I yeah. think that coach has, yeah. he that was his first year, and he yeah. actually got them competing in more games than they weren't, and they actually had a decent transfer portal season. So I actually expect Missouri to get to seven, maybe eight, and definitely mm. not being worse than Kentucky. I just don't I don't see that. Um if you want to give Georgia the sweep, I get it. They got the hype. They they think they're gonna go twelve and zero through the season. They got the hype coming right. off of um off the the A Day game. They think J T Daniels is the real deal. So you know yeah. this is this is their year. You know must be nice times. to be excited about your quarterback. Yeah, going into the season. I mean it's Kirby though, wow. so we know we know they won't yeah. be ho- hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. So it don't matter. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Bama, you can't argue with the results and the expectation over there. No gripe there as far as expecting them to run the table. LSU 9-3 and three is actually when I think he got exactly right. I think they're good for three losses, and it's not because they won't be better. I think everybody else is going to be better. We've talked about this. Last season was an aberration, especially for people who changed starters, who changed offensive or defensive coaches, way behind. And I think LSU can finally right the ship and get back to being competitive and not getting thrown out to the to the wolves so early in the season. That was an embarrassing season for them. Right. And they recovered, but they're not going to compete next year. Jimbo and AM. 10 and 2. That's what I that's what I want to ask you. What what's mm-hmm. G, what is Jimothy gonna do? What is Jimothy gonna do, B? Now that schedule, that schedule that schedule is a little schedule's a little light. Yeah. So they're going nine and three? I say three losses for them. 
Okay. Despite what Jimbo says, he's not going to beat Bama, no matter what he says to to fundraisers at at the the, the club. So that's not going to happen. Fair enough. Fair Um, enough. But who who are the other losses to? We have played Jimbo and company very well. Now, here's what I don't know. I don't know if that was a Gus thing or if that was a Jimbo being a mediocre coach, which is what I think it was. They're on the road at LSU in Death Valley, last game of the season. Mm -hmm. They're on the road against Ole Miss. Oh, they got yeah. them at home, and then they got Auburn at home. That's I mean, pretty gonna, much that's the that's their toughest competition. Yeah, we're gonna find out what his process is this year, right? Like, yeah, I think this this is the year we find out how Jimbo's process is actually panning out. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it. I think it's gonna be very exciting to see what he does with a brand new O line and a brand new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'll be surprised if they if he gets two wins this year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's the SEC, so I mean, it could go either just, way. Just, right, right. Right? Yeah. Like, this is the SEC West at that. So the, you know, on, the only thing, though, is that a lot of his tough games are going to come later in the year. So, so, even if you, so even if you are starting off with a weak O-line and you coach him up, they could get better as the season goes on. Or you could get injured. Right. Or you can get injured. We just never know. That's why we got to watch the game. Right. So um, that could work for and against you. What I think, circling back around to our schedule, what I think is we have three games to pull it together before we get into SEC play. This was one of the best case scenarios Brian Harson could have asked for. Yeah. Yeah. In, in year one. You got two cupcakes. You got a tough road test to see what you're made of. What is my team made of at Penn State? And and regardless of how Penn State looks, that's going to be a hard place to go play. And I'm telling you guys, I have a friend who is a big Penn State fan. She's planning on flying out to Happy Valley. We're going to meet there for the game. And tickets already are $500 for the nosebleeds. They're making uh-huh. it their whiteout game. They are excited. This is a big in-season SEC matchup for them. They're treating it like it is prime time. So I expect that to be a deafening environment for us offensively. Yeah. And communication is going to be different. More things are going to have to happen on the field. And we're going to see how well communication is happening in that game because then you got to turn around two weeks later and we open sec play with georgia or lsu lsu right on the road another very hard place to go play and depending on how they're feeling coming into that game if they're 4-0 and feeling good you know then we have to play georgia the week after that like yeah. wow, man! Like listen, that's that's a brutal four week stretch. Penn State, LSU, Georgia. Yeah. yeah wow, man! No breaks in the SEC, man. So, I I think that this is this is a good thing for Harson, right? Get in here, see what your team is made of. Do your best to learn from the wins and the losses. But this really reflects how bad we've been. This prediction reflects how bad we've been on the road. Yes. The last two years. I mean, we've been terrible on the road. There's no way to pump any sunshine into that. We have just not been good on the road. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report. And you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Report, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. We haven't been good on the road. The past three years, Auburn's record on the road is five and eight. Five and eight on the road. We were two and three on the road last year. So if you're, if again, recency bias, if you're going to make this prediction, you're just assuming that Auburn either remains the same or takes a step back, learning a new system, new coaching staff, the whole nine. You don't know 
all the talent that Auburn has because, of course, Auburn didn't do a great job of utilizing all their talent. So you don't know what Auburn has. Right. And you're expecting them to be the same and you're one on the road, which means one and four isn't that crazy in your mind and your logic. What I want to know from you guys, I'm going to start with you, Be Will. Or I actually start with you, my G, since you alluded to it. With the new coaching staff, how does they change Auburn's performance on the road? Um, okay, so the, I'm, I'm going to give a very predictable answer, right? It started this spring in the weight room. Okay. Because what you're talking about, first and foremost, is a mindset change. Yeah. Which starts with getting your weight up and changing your day-in, day-out habits and start developing a winner's mindset. And it was a flip of a coin whether we were bringing a winner's mindset. You're not watching South Carolina from yet last year and telling me we brought a winner's mindset into that game. Right. We were way more talented than they were. And we got, for all intents and purposes, whooped. I did not enjoy watching that. That did not feel good, guys. Right. So it starts in the weight room. He is changing the way that they approach preparation. Because when you go on the road, you have to be prepared. Number one, for the environment that you're walking into. These are hostile environments in the SEC. It's going to be a hostile environment at Penn State. They're going to roll out the red carpet. It's just going to have hot coals on it. (laughs) You're not really going to be welcome. Right. And their crowd will be a factor. And people are chomping at the bit this year. People missed being in stadiums last year. So you know it's going to be wild. And now you have a chance, win or lose at Penn State, to go out and make a statement. This might be a new system. This might be a new coaching staff. Parson made a statement about if you're going to come into Jordan Air, you better bring your A get A day A game or get ready to get your ass whooped. The the mentality has to be the same on the road as well too. After a home game, we're going to pack, pack that ass whooping up and bring it to your house. Indeed. <laughs> we'll open up that can anywhere. <laughs> Right. And for the three hours that I play in your stadium, it's my house. (laughs) It's my couch. Until I get (laughs) on the bus and and go back to the airport. So, I mean, that's 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 how that's how he's going to do this, because it's it's about. And then after that, it's just about putting these guys in the best. It's coaching. It's pretty simple. Right. You, You it's coaching, putting guys in the best position to make plays. And give your team a chance to win. Yeah. He's going to have to manage this quarterback situation. I know a lot of people get tired of us talking about it, but it's going to be a storyline all season long, whether we're especially, doing good or bad. Especially going into that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this oh, yeah. game is going to decide Especially a lot going into that game. For the trajectory of people's lives. Yeah. You know, some people may not finish their career at Auburn. After that game. <laughs> to me, that's that's how he changes. It's about changing the mindset that we've been taking in. Believing you're superior. When we interviewed Courtney Taylor, it was something that he talked about. That that we, we repeated over and over again. That dog mentality that you develop in practice. Duking it out against each other. So mm-hmm. that when Saturday comes, there's nothing you're going to experience in the game that you haven't done this five times harder in practice. Against each other because the best guys in the nation play on my team and I practice against them and the best coaches coach me. They have to start to believe that. Listen to what Owen Papo said. He said, we're going to look like Marines come fall. I hope he brings that same energy to every game. I hope he beats it like a Marine in the fall as well, too. But if that's his mindset, that that quote got me so jacked up. And it's going to be about here because we don't lack talent. Right. We may, we may not be, be very deep, but at the one deep, we do not lack talent. We're, we're deep in the secondary. 
Yeah, well, on defense, and, I have no issues, right? Yeah, yeah linebacker. Right, right, defense, right. We're, we're stacked now. We are, yeah, go we're out good. there and win. Just go out yeah. there and win. Win your matchup. Beat the guy in front of you. Yeah, right. Right? And then look at their crowd right in the eyes and say, everyone have a seat. Have several seats. Have the whole stadium. <laughs> Everybody sit down. The Auburn Tigers are here for the next two and a half hours. Doling out ass whoopings. That's how you change that. Going to Phil Petway, we're going to be calling it uh, Aubie Valley. Right. <laughs> you got to be. Rename it. Rename it. Yeah. Yo, remember, make, make sure they remember the day they were excited that they were playing the SEC. I don't want them to be excited anymore. Listen, I, ha- I have a lot of Michigan State fans, uh, friends. And I remember back in 2010 when we won the national title. Uh, I think Bama went 10 and 2 that year. And yep. Michigan State was having a year for them. 11 and 1. They went 9 and 3. Bama was 9 and 3. We were their third loss because they lost to oh, South Carolina. That's right. That's right. And, and Michigan State was 11 and 1. Right. And they all came over my house to watch that game. And I was like, <laughs> I hate to break it to y'all, but uh, <laughs> they were like, well, we're a one loss team. I was like, it don't matter. Bama is a, that thing was over by halftime. I think they scored 40 points by halftime, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, away. Away. Yeah, it was, it was very one sided. Oh, man, it was a beat down. And, and despite the games they lost, better coaches make their teams believe that they're superior. No matter who they face. Yeah. And we just yeah. need some of that same energy. Yeah. Right? Because you cannot be in awe of Bama or Georgia or LSU. You can't. They need to be in awe of you. Right. Right? And while they're caught up feeling themselves in the mirror, you're running them over. We know it can be done because every once in a while we catch Bama slipping, feeling themselves in the mirror. Mm-hmm. We know it can be done. Just do it consistently. Be right. prepared. Don't take anybody for granted. And, and it can start early. So go out and handle business on these cupcakes. Now, I don't care who starts at quarterback. I'm telling you right now. Shout out Steve Vest in the comments. He said this. I'm subscribing to it. Like, this is weird thing that's happening lately where me and him agree a whole lot. But like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> No matter what happens in the first two or three or uh, four games, we should see a whole lot of TJ Finley. Right. Yeah. Hear me out. We should hear a, see a whole lot of him no matter what happens. Either we're blowing those teams out so bad that TJ gets on the field and gets some meaningful reps in. Or things aren't going so hot. And that's why you brought him in. So that we can start to get past the one deep at QB. Mm-hmm. Because it can't be bow or bust. It can't be tank or bust. It cannot be any one player. So what has been happening at Auburn is we've had too many single points of failure. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? One guy goes down and the whole system falls apart. Right. That's not what the That's not what championship teams are made of, man. You cannot have a single point of failure anywhere on your team. If you're going to win championships year in and year out. Mike G, let B get in here. Go ahead. Let, 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 let B get in here. Well, B, B, uh, on I him. forgot. <laughs> how, do we change, how, how do we change road game culture? Road game yeah, what's, All right. Well, I want to bring up some points that a couple of people in the, uh, the chat had. Lisa, thank you. Real game planning. And halftime adjustments. Yeah. We, we have all lamented over the last four or five months of just how defunct we were um, from offensive game planning um, uh, point of view. We, we, we were deficient. We were not good enough there. So, yes, we were, we've always been talented, but we haven't been disciplined. We're learning that more and more now. And we didn't have good game plans. Ike talks about it all the time. When he's breaking down film, he's like, you know what? We didn't. The coaches did not put us in a position to succeed when we stepped into that game. So when we end up getting housed by like 30 or 40 points, it's like, no wonder we get housed by 30 or 40. We didn't have a chance. The coaches didn't give us a chance. And I have been adamant from the minute we changed hands with, with administrations that just putting the team in the hands of a competent coach will make a world of difference. That's why this six and six bothers me. 
because it makes the assumption, again, you're going to be only what you were. Like changing the head coach doesn't change anything. It changes everything. Mike has made this point plenty of times. He said, actually, there's not a premium on talent. The premium is on coaching. There's talent everywhere. Right. A good coach is the much harder thing to have. Look at Tennessee. Tennessee's been recruiting top five for the last four years. They've got a, a, a plethora of talent, but they didn't have quality coaching. So they were they've bad. Lost a, they, they've lost a lot of talent since then, too. They yeah. have lost a lot. Well, now, now they, they've kind of, you know, come back to the middle. But yeah. um, Georgia, equally as talented as Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama. They won nothing. I can't say nothing. The SEC championship is a, is a feat, but, but they haven't won the big one, and they've had opportunities. They did make it, though. You do give them credit for making it. Sure. They made it. All right. They made it, and they lost in epic fashion. That was actually probably one of the better national title games. I've it, was, it was. It was. <laughs> it was a good game. More to the point, if coaching is what the key to all of this is, we know – teams around the conference have talent. Teams around the country have talent. Coaching is what makes it go. We had bad coaching. We've got, right now, all we can say is we have different coaching. We don't know who Brian Harson is here. And this job is different than Boise. But to the point that Shankopotamus made, where did that mindset come from? You're talking about the one guy in the conference who was saying, get us in the Big 12 so we can go knock some heads? That That's dude. Right. That's right. Hey, yeah, the, right. talk talk to the Pac-12 so we can go knock some heads because we can win a championship. Mm-hmm. You're telling mm-hmm. me that the dude who was willing to go to Florida State with no promises, they don't get that return home game where, hey, come give us some revenue and, and come play at our stadium the next year. He was like, no, we just want to get on the field with you. He was there calling plays for the upset of Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl. Brian Harson has been a part of the success that Boise State has had playing big boys pretty much almost the entire time they've been doing it. That mindset mm-hmm. is so much different than what we had prior. Our last coach was mailing it in halfway through the season. Uh, well, you know, next year will be. When he said next year was the, after the Texas A&M game, he said, oh, six and four is not bad. That's a good season. You know, we feel like we've got, no, what, what, what are you talking about, man? Is that what we came to watch? How's that going to get us in, back in this stadium for the, for the rest of the season? We're just looking towards next year, so forget this year, huh? Right. The mindset is so much different now. And that is very, very important. That's the most important piece of this is the coach is different. So on the road, I expect that play anybody, anytime mindset. Getting these, the, the kids who were here, who didn't want to get down with the program, getting them out of here? That's the right mindset. Amen. That's yeah. setting the tone. Being in the weight room with those guys, that's setting the tone. Telling yeah. them, listen, you're going to get across, you're going to do these workouts. This is going to be a part of what we expect from you. And we're not taking any, any uh, doctor's notes, as Mike <laughs> likes to say. Mm-hmm. That's changing the mindset. I think we'll know who we are by LSU. Penn State will show us. The next home game will be to refine it. And we're going to be who we are. Mm. When we hit that field against LSU, I don't even think it's going to be terrible. Worst case scenario, we lose to LSU. We will not get blown out. I do. I firmly believe we do not get blown out by LSU. Along with the mindset changing is the change in personnel is important because for this reason, we've got three or four guys who are coming for a single season and they expect to go to the NFL. Yeah. Even if they weren't playing for the guys who they just met in the last couple of months, or even if they weren't playing for their uh, whoever recruited them or the defensive coordinator or the head coach because they don't have the strong connection to them, they're playing for themselves. They're playing for their stock, for their first NFL contract, for their draft stock. Everybody has something to prove. Most of all, the head coach. Gus Malzahn didn't have anything to prove last, last year. He was He was... Completely content, saying, ah, we'll get him next year. This is not Gus Malzahn's team anymore. Right. I expect the mindset to be different, significantly different, to be better. And it doesn't mean we're going to be all world. But what I do expect is that the defense will carry us for the majority of, of every game. And once or twice, the offense is going to surprise us just enough to sneak somebody that none of these experts had had any inkling that we would be able to sneak. 
I would love it to week. just be uh, Jimbo and I, and listen, Jimbo and Georgia, the two yeah. most overrated coaches in the conference. Please sneak those guys so we can stop having this conversation and hyping them up. But that's what I expect to happen. Just to kind of put a button on, on what you guys have said, it's a culture change, man. We we're we're able to see we're we're not insiders, but we can sense that there's a change in culture. Trevon Reed tweeted earlier today. Mm-hmm. Inside that building, he's saying those kids walk are walking like champs, mm-hmm. talking like champs. It's a new it's a new day. It's just it's just a new culture. And why are they talking like that? Because they have leadership. Yeah. Running this program. Listen, Caesar. So I want to take everybody back to our interview with Alan Green. We asked Alan about his assessment of where the program was at. What he told us, I thought, was very powerful. He said, Mike, when we looked at the program, there wasn't the hope around the program that we would have liked. And I don't think that there's anything more dangerous in life than somebody losing hope in something. Right. Because these coaches can make $5 million a year to coach a sport, an amateur sport, because that hope exists. Because 200 people will join us on a live on a random Wednesday night in the off season to talk about it. Mm. It matters. It has to matter. That's the only way it makes money. Right. Yeah. But once you start to lose hope, once 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 boosters start to lose hope, mm-hmm. the next thing that goes is, is their dollars. Mm-hmm. Which turns into a cascade effect that will set your program back years. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. what did we learn from that interview? It is the coach's responsibility how he decides to spend his football budget. Go figure. Now, we have one of the highest paid staffs in the country. And if you're an insider, you'll be getting this tomorrow. We got outspent in recruiting by a whole lot. But uh, uh, from the top three teams in the conference and recruiting spin. And what that means is because we know from talking to Jay Ferg at the Observer, shout out to Justin Ferguson, uh, most of that budget is travel-related expenses. Mm-hmm. So we just weren't covering more ground to go reach kids where they were at. Right. And on top of that, once you get into their living rooms, you still have to sell them something that's on tape. You got to sell them hope too. Right. So not just the guys that are here, the guys you're trying to bring in need to have that same hope. And you change our role culture by bringing that hope, injecting hope back into the program. Right. We have an athletic director who understands that. And he was an athlete. Yeah. Bring hope back, man, into the program and change the mindset of these kids, man. Turn them into winners. Sports is a euphemism for life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to teach you skills about perseverance and doing your best and giving your all that should translate into everything you do in life. Because if you can traverse these tough practices day in and day out, what are you going to do in your day that's harder than that? The answer should be nothing if they're running these practices right. Yeah, right. I can't wait to go sit down and study for this test because that's way easier than what I just did (laughs) with Coach Pittman. Right. Right. I need the mental break. Right. So teaching these guys how to succeed on and off the field and in any environment, the anyone, anywhere attitude that they they were talking about in in the chat, that Boise had, bring that into Auburn, man. Indeed. Indeed. Listen, listen, we watched we watched film on Boise versus FSU a few years back. They were on the road at FSU and Boise took Florida State's best shot. Florida State had the best athletes on that field. And mm-hmm. they were, they were, it looked like they was going to run away with that game. 
Boise kept fighting. Boise wore them down. And when the game was over, Boise came back and beat a team that was superior to them talent-wise. They kept working. What has happened the past few years under this coaching staff when we got hit in the mouth? Right. Both. We stayed on the mat. Mm. Not anymore. We got someone who's saying everything, if you're going to be champions, everything you do matters. matters. Which means he's looking at everything. It's no, no longer getting away with stuff you used to. We're winners here. We're champions here. That's why Trevon saw what he saw when he was in, the, in, the, in that building this, in t- today. He saw something different he ain't seen. We're hearing guys talk the way they haven't seen. And I'm going to tell you this, too. We had a play caller running our team. Right. It appears that we got a coach running this team now. Yeah, boy. There's a difference between a head coach and a play caller because we, I heard Anthony Schwartz on Locked on Auburn podcast saying we was running routes in practice, but when we got in the game, we just weren't running them. Mm-hmm. I want to see you prepare and play how you practice. So you didn't the- even believe in your own game plan. <laughs> So how can you expect the players to do it? That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm practice. saying. You practice That's a what bunch I'm of saying. stuff that you never did. That's what you I'm saying. You're, you don't, you're bailing on your game plan. What do you think those kids are going to do? Oh, man. I can't imagine what it was like. The, the, the last thing I'll say in terms of changing mindset is uh, you can be cocky and humble at the same time. I know that sounds oxymoronic, but just hang with me. Your belief in yourself does not have to turn into some an overrated mindset where you're you just believe into yourself to a fault, right? Like right. the antics that I will say, as much as I love them, the antics that we saw from Seth Williams and Bo at times, I hope we never see again. Right. Yeah. And I hope we have a coach that will say, son, sit your ass down. Right. Because you're not going to do that on my sideline. Now, I'm not against players celebrating touchdowns. I'm not I'm not in that camp. So I don't want anybody to hear that. But when you uh, shout out main easy, he he posted a a video from last year of Seth Williams catching a touchdown pass on Kentucky DB. Mm. He pushes the DB in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Right in front of the ref and then flexes on him. And I was shocked that the flag wasn't thrown on that play. But when you got people out here predicting six and six, that flex might cost you a win. It might cost you a bowl game. And that win that you should have got might cost somebody their job. Mm -hmm. So that mindset has to change. You're here to play. Give your all on the field, but respect your coaches and respect your opponent. Yeah. We're here, LSU. We understand you guys have beaten us respectfully. We're here to whoop you up and down this field. And then we will leave respectfully to let you think about it. (laughs) But I don't need to flex on you and do all this stuff. That's the type of showboating I don't like. Right. I like for players to have fun. It is, it is, practices are too hard and the preparation is too hard to not celebrate when you do something good on the field. So I'm never going to yeah. be in favor of kids not celebrating. And I hope that Harson knows where that line is at for this team because it seemed like guys before didn't understand where that line was at. Right. 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 You know? And I will also say, in terms of celebrating, uh, I would like to see them celebrate actual accomplishments moving forward. You mean SEC West champion isn't worth putting a banner in the facility for? (laughs) I'm saying when you score a touchdown and you sun somebody and it's not an impressive game, I don't want to see you flexing. Or you losing. Or you losing. Yeah, I just don't want to see that. Go back to the sideline and figure out how you're going to do it again. And I'll celebrate with you at the end after you win. Yeah. Right. But some of the showboating was really unwarranted for a 6-5 and five team. You didn't earn that. 
I hope that our coach makes them earn that. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. Um, there, there's just a lot that has, that, that has to change about how this thing is being run. I really got from our Alan Green interview that he understand what changes needed to happen. And he did not dog Gus out. Right. He said he liked Gus and they worked well together and it was a difficult decision to make to move on. But it was time to move on. Because mm-hmm. his family was not going to remain functional the way that it was going. You can't have fans losing hope. Right? You guys, you can't have fans losing hope. Now we're ride or die. But the truth is, is that you're not gonna not everybody's gonna be that way. You need to put good results on the field to keep people engaged. Right. We talked about it with Auburn basketball. Remember, B, when we were in school, you could go pick up tickets in the trash can outside the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not an exaggeration. They couldn't give those things away. I mean, I had a few tickets that came with $10 bills. Now, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was bad. 2019, I moved back east from Arizona, and I get with Deontay, and we, we, we go to a basketball game, and I'm paying a scalper $200 outside the stadium for that same ticket I could have picked up off the ground 15 years ago. Yeah, right. That's what going to our football games needs to turn into. It needs to be the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. And hear me out. If you can inject hope, watch the pocketbooks open for everything that you want to do. Right. They will find the money because Alan Green said it's not a no if it's not in the budget, but you have to make the case. It's the same on my job. I can't just go to my boss and say, I need three more salespeople to work under me. Okay, well, you know, that's 200 grand, Mike. How are you going to justify that? Right. It works the same way here. So when you go to your boss and say, I need another million dollars for recruiting. He's going to say, what are you doing with the recruits you got? (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got an average non-rated class in here. Let me see what you're going to do with them, because if you don't know how to manage what you have, more money is not going to help you. But again, or, that you're, goes paying, back to- or you're paying you're paying crazy amounts to coaches and you're getting you're getting solid results. Right. So that's <laughs> part of the mindset that has to change. Yeah. I, the downfall of our program was when Gus got his extension in 2017. I'll say it again for the people in the back. When Gus got extended, the mindset of this program went to hell. What a heist. And he made out with $21 million. Ski mask Hall of Fame. (laughs) 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 Right? It was part of it. So you got a coach who's disengaged. To some extent. Now, this is just my opinion. This is not insider information or anything anybody told me. It's just my opinion based on things that he said publicly. And there's no way I can't believe that didn't affect these kids in some way. Whether just outright or subconsciously. If you're carrying that energy around, I'm getting paid no matter what. Six and four is a solid season. What? No. Completely unacceptable. This is Auburn. We expect to win championships. Right. That's the sign of a coach that's been around too long and doesn't have any incentive to to move forward and get better. Right. And you can say what you want. I think where he landed is reflective of that, too. Right. Mm -hmm. He didn't get picked up by no major program. He got picked up. By a program whose main guy had left the second in command in charge, and then that guy left and left it to mm-hmm. Gus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it starts with leadership. 
So before we go to blaming these kids, before we go to blaming Bo and blaming Tank and blaming everybody here, let's look at what they're being asked to do and who's asking them to do it. Yeah. First and foremost, I will always lean towards holding the millionaires accountable before these unpaid amateurs. And once we can get that part of the house in order, the trickle down should be the mindset that B took us to church on. That's how you go out and you win road games. Lisa Wise said it again, preparation, game yeah. plan, and then adjustments. What do you see to your team when you're down 21-0 at halftime? Let's just right. focus on this next drive. Let's get this next drive right. Let's go down. Let's march down here and score, guys. And we're right back in this thing. And then it's let's just get the next stop. And then let's just get the next touchdown. And before you know it, you're back in the game. Right. But if I'm a player, I have to believe that my coaches have a plan for when things don't go right on the road and we're down 21-0. Right. And then your leaders on the team, once they buy into that, you should, we should see, listen to me here, we should see them on the sideline enacting that same mentality to their peers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rallying leader, people. Rallying the troops. We didn't see it. We didn't see that. I didn't see that. I saw a lot of bickering on the sidelines, but I didn't see. I didn't see guys getting in huddles and talking. You know, you know, one of my, my favorite college football moments over the last few years was uh, Baker Mayfield showboating when they were beating Georgia at halftime in that playoff game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what Georgia did after that should go down in the record books, man. Yeah, there was no quit in that team that year. Yeah, and he was he was running around with his antics and doing all that foolishness. Oh, was that the year he won the Heisman? Did yeah, he win the Heisman that year? No, was it the next year? I don't. I can't. It might have been. It might have been, been, been the next year. Right? Might have been the next year. He was good that year. He was good. Yeah. But all them antics, and then you ended up losing the game because you lost focus. Yeah. And credit to Kirby Smart. He didn't let his team get down on themselves. Guys, we can, we're can we still in this. I don't care what they're doing. And then they Uno reverse carded them in the second half. Yeah. Let's go, man. That's what I want to see this year because it's a dogfight in the SEC every game, guys. Every week you can get beat. You have to bring, unless it's Vanderbilt. Other than that, you got to bring your A game, man. <laughs> Shout out to Vandy. Vandy. I don't want to dog Vandy out. We need them for uh, hey, graduation rates. Listen, listen but, man. I, I'm I'm not gonna talk about Vandy that bad while Derek Mason is on our staff. Um, he put in a lot of work there. It may not have worked out, but you know, I, I don't want to talk down on on what is part of his reputation um, when we talk about Vandy. So until he's off of our staff. We appreciate Vanderbilt for being in the okay, SEC. Okay, fair enough. Thank fair, you. fair enough. Fair let enough. me let me let me let me shout out some people in uh in uh in, in the Fry comments who drop in chat. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate for that. that also, rice. also appreciate you, my brother. Oh yes. Oh man. Appreciate, appreciate you, James, man. man. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate you, James, man. Awesome. We got somebody else too. I got. Walt. I'm, well, I'm scrolling. Appreciate that, Walt. Uh, yes. Yeah, and that yeah. that was part of it. We had a president at the time who was pretty much brand new, and Jay Jacobs was still here, advocating for Gus because Gus was Jay Jacobs' guy, and the president basically had Jay Jacobs in one ear and the booster who liked Gus the most in the other ear. He was like, "All right, whatever you guys say." He was worried about other stuff, so he knew football was part of the the program. It was part of the formula down here, but that's not that wasn't his main concern. And he did what the the angel and or devil, depending on how you view it, told him to do. Mm. That's why we got it. Now, Jay Jacobs, not Jay Jacobs, but um, Gouge, maybe he makes a different decision. If he was still here at that time, he came back. But um, it, it was a bit, a bit of politics, too. But also, come on, man. He had just beaten Georgia and Alabama in the same right. regular season. It, I understood why he got that extension. I still didn't think he should get it, but I understood why he got it. Because who are you going to get that was better than what what Gus had just done in that season? Mm. 
who, who you look around the landscape of college football and who do you say, yeah, we can get somebody else to come in here and beat Georgia and Alabama in the same season? Sure. You can't say that. That's hard to do. I don't think you can say that about anybody, really. I mean, can you you can't say that about Orgeron or Jimothy or uh, anybody or even Mullen. Like you play those two teams every year. Mullen couldn't do it last year. I mean, uh, Timothy, no, well, Jimothy doesn't play Georgia on a regular basis. So, but it's it's a hard ask. And we have the toughest schedule in the nation every single year. So he put together a good season, and you're going to say, hey, you, that's the best season anybody's had here in four years. And four years ago in 2013, it was a lot of luck. This didn't even look like luck. It just looked like you were good. Here you go. Yeah. You, you got, I mean, you, I don't want to say you have to. It would have been more unpopular then to make a change than it was now. I would have understood. It would have cost a lot less, though. <laughs> a lot less money. <laughs> <laughs> I would have right. understood. Like again, you can give up. You can give them a bump, but it wasn't mm-hmm. worth that. Yeah, that's it. All wasn't money. worth that. That's money that could have right. gone into recruiting. And again, you had a guy. You had a guy, and and I think Corey mentioned it in the comments. You you had a guy who was caught in a bad spot, didn't know what he was doing, and Malzahn and Sexton took him to the woodshed. Yeah, that's, shout out to his agent. <laughs> Sexton Sexton job. took him to the woodshed on that negotiation. Yep. Yep. So did his job. Yeah. The change the change is apparent though. So now we've got new leadership, not just at coach, but we we ha- we got new leadership because Allen came in after that debacle. Right. And it's good. It's a project when you're changing culture throughout all of athletics. We asked him about Bruce Pearl. He said Bruce is one of a kind. He inherited Bruce, mm-hmm. but it's clear that they're willing to give him whatever resources he needs to keep this thing moving the right direction because he's proven that he can be a leader of men and develop and get mm-hmm. the most out of, out of the talent that we have. One and done's are a thing at Auburn now. I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Listen, I think one of the biggest decisions that Alan made wasn't this, head, this, this football coaching decision. It was staying uh, with our basketball coach when when it hit the fan with that news. Like, he could have easily, he could have cut bait with Bruce. I could have done the easy thing, yeah. But he he doubled down and hung in with Bruce. You got you to gotta credit Alan Green for that, you know? So I, 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 think, I think the leadership is in place, and when you have the right leadership in place, you're going to see it reflected in the decisions we make in, in our coaches. I... I I'm excited to see what we do in the football field. I'm excited for women's basketball because we have leadership mm. who knows how to go and get people. At least it appears to be that way early on in Allen's tenure. He's doing I, so far so good as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, man. Like, again, if you have not seen that with Allen Green, please be sure to check that out, man. Uh, people have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It, it was it was an amazing, amazing interview. One of the things I will say is the reason why I'm I'm not I, I disagree with that prediction, guys, is I I expect a lot of the culture and a lot of the attitude and and a lot of the things that the coaching staff wants to do to really take shape with this team mm. as they get further into the season, which is why I think it's asinine that Auburn loses to South Carolina that late in the season. Yeah. Right? I mean, again, I can almost I can almost nod to it if you got if if we play them early in the year and South Carolina gets the drop on us while everything is so new. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. That's That's major dysfunction. I'm expecting a lot of things to take shape. And if you're losing that late in the year, that's cause for concern as to what's going on. Right. Right. And of course, it also depends on how you lose those games. But that's a team that we have more talent than. And we should beat. We should be able to beat that team that late in the year, which is why I feel good about going uh, on the road against AM and giving them a tough game because I expect those something to click with this team halfway through the year, which yeah. allows them to be even more tougher. So, again, uh, I, I know I, I think eight is our ceiling. I know, B, you got nine, but it, there, I just there's some things I expect to see from this team as they get that. I expect them to get stronger. I expect yeah. Harson's culture to take shape, and I just don't see us laying down to someone who's going to be five and seven. I'm sorry, I, I just don't see that. Yeah, late in the season, late in the season, I think you made a good point. That is yeah. 
a special kind of dysfunction, I think, late <laughs> right. in the season. So if we losing to them late in the season, it's because it should be because they're having an amazing season nobody saw coming. Right. Not right. not that they're right. two and six and we're one. They're of their having wins. they're having a nine and three season. South exactly. Carolina is. Like yeah, they're I'll, having what they think Kentucky's gonna have. Yeah, that's the only way I'll accept it. They're much better than people anticipate. But you're telling me they're only gonna want two win two games and we're gonna be one of them? Hell out of here. Yeah, that's man. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it definitely disrespectful. But anyway, you guys got anything else, man, before we before we uh oh oh do you I think you'll like this one, B. Jimbo going down. <laughs> I'm counting on it. I am <laughs> counting on that. He that was that was my road victory. We we did facts and all. Some of y'all have probably seen it already. We talked about who was going to uh who Auburn was going to beat on the road first, Georgia or LSU. So you guys definitely check that out. It's going to be coming out on um, this upcoming Friday. If you if you're an insider, be on the lookout for some special content tomorrow. So uh I think you'll like what we're going to drop for you guys moving forward. Guys, as usual, man, please be sure to share our video if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Please do the necessary. Use hashtag get your weight up. If you're on Twitter, you can add us at The War Report. Be sure to like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. You guys have been doing that. We appreciate that. We're at The War Report, not only on Twitter, but Instagram as well. You can also find us at TW Report on TikTok. That's it for now. But we definitely got more down the road. But until then, and as always, War Eagle. War Eagle.